The Cowboys owner Jerry Jones' lighthearted jab in response to a question about the running back. What's your best negotiator with Zeke? Who? Pollard. Zeke who? <laughs> the agent said he and Elliott both felt it was disrespectful. And a day after Raiders GM Mike Mayock said of receiver Antonio Brown, quote, it's time for him to be all in or all out, end quote. Brown dropped by the Raiders facility this morning and sat in on a team meeting. 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo will make his preseason debut tonight against the Broncos, his first game action since the leg injury that ended his 2018 season. Broncos receiver Emmanuel Sanders reportedly starting tonight also for the 49ers, his first time back since severing his Achilles injury in December. And Panthers quarterback Cam Newton will make his preseason debut Thursday night against the Patriots. I'm Deb Carson. We are This, the Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hello, everybody. RJ Salveson here on a 401 start time as your Monday kicks you off for the week. Good to have you all, however, and wherever you are. I'm RJ Salveson. Eric Franson is out and about, uh, and it's, it's funny that we bring up his name. You know, I remember back in the day uh, when I used to work in a soccer radio station, uh, an individual would always go on vacations, but he'd always call into the show. Like when he's on, like, he's in Jamaica or in pristine California hanging out on those beaches he'd always call into the show instead of just taking the vacation now he's not on vacation but he is out there somewhere is Eric Franson Eric are you there uh just think of me on a pristine Jamaican beach I like the idea of that I'm not gonna think about you on a beach that's kind of creepy uh Eric Franson is joining us in a very loud setting uh, so if, if you can barely hear Eric, it's not my fault. It's his fault. <laughs> uh, we got some. We got a lot to get over through. It's a put a cap on a Monday edition of the Full Court Press, uh, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. Uh, we've got Utah State Aggie scrimmage to recap for you. The state of the Aggie address from both Mr. John Hartwell, Coach Craig Anderson, and Coach Gary Anderson all address the audience. Uh, we'll talk about some of the things they talked about. Speaking of Coach Smith, he jumped on a podcast with John Rothstein. Uh, the podcast is really interesting, including three questions. We'll get to those three questions. We'll play that sound by Freya, and you'll hear what Coach Smith has to say in answer to those three questions. Uh, we'll also get you your uh, Region 11 recap of high school football. Week one's already in the books. Week two coming up on Friday night. We'll get you our winners and our losers, and especially our winners on the uh, Preps Pick'em, which you can find on cvpick'em.com. Eric, how are you? I'm good. Yeah, I thought it was a good a good weekend. Uh, Region 11, high school football getting going. Some big surprises. Uh, how that uh, that shootout in Millville was something. Uh, I think that was a little unexpected. But uh, then you had this, this USU scrimmage on Saturday. So, yeah, good weekend of stuff. And then you had the Team USA, Donovan Mitchell, doing well. Team USA looked better than a lot of us maybe were fearing um, against Spain. Uh, of course, I know you're going to get into that a little bit more detail about how that team continues to change a little bit. Sure. But um, 
Yeah, a lot of stuff going on this last weekend. Um, by the way, how did we do in pick six? You know, I hadn't even looked at it yet. I've got to be very honest with you. I'm kind of busy today, so I haven't had a chance to look at it. Uh, but when I do, I will let you when know. When we spoke this morning, you said you were going to go check right away. I did not say I have a feeling that. that I did not say that. <laughs> so is it eight in a row that. or is it nine in a row? Who, you didn't even win. How do you know you won? Because you, when you, you like you, try you to delay and defer, assume, that means you, you like didn't That's even win. That's all you do is you assume. I don't even know how pick six wins, and, and you know what? To be honest with you, I don't really care how pick six went. It's not on my it's 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 not on my issues right now. I've got a ton of other things to talk about, much more important things. Uh, let's start with this, Eric. Uh, the Utah State Aggie football scrimmage was on. Sure you do. Okay. The Utah State Aggie football scrimmage was on uh, for Saturday. And a couple things stand out to me. Uh, one, and, and this might be a little bit too harsh to say, but I was not at all impressed with the offense. Uh, I, and then the question is, and I think the question everybody else is asking as well is, is that the offense being bad, or is that just how good that defense is? Eric, you've seen fall camp scrim or practices. What I mean, when I if I were to tell you the offense did not look good, your first thought would be what? Not a big surprise. Um, not because I think there are, the offense is, is going to be bad for USU. I know there are a lot of question marks, especially for the offensive line. But the, the defense for Utah State is, is so good that they're going to make the offense not look as great. But with the scrimmage on Saturday, I, I think it's really hard to get a gauge for where this team really is at because... Right, it, it looked a little sloppy. It didn't look like it was that great. And defense certainly had players who shined brighter than the offensive players. But we, Coach Anderson later revealed that, well, yeah, we did a pretty tough scrimmage with with the veterans on Friday. So, you know, whatever. So it's, it, it's either that the, the offense, there is some concern there that we should all be, like, freaking out about. Or this coaching staff is very is being very coy about what they're revealing to outside eyes. They know what they have. They don't want to show their hand. And while it may make fans nervous, they know what they have. And they're trying to prepare to, to beat a Power 5 team that went to a bowl game last year on their field. So it's really one of the two. I don't think there's really much middle ground somewhere in the middle. I think it's either the offense really isn't as far along as we had hoped, and there there are concerns about an offensive line or wide receivers and how good they're going to be or how effective you know Jordan Love's going to be in taking that next year progression, or this team has been doing it hard in practices without the the public or other eyes really keeping you know getting observing what happened and they're just trying to keep it very close to the vest yeah and, and that's a great point i think there's people are kind of overreacting to it uh and i really do believe that coach anderson is i mean look there's no reason to put everything out there for everybody to see when they can all see it in about three weeks right i mean they get stony brook at home in three weeks you got wake forest coming up there is no need to unleash the playbook for everybody to see. There are concerns about where some of the players were. Uh, in fact, you'll hear from Gary Anderson, Jordan Love, and Shaq Bond. In fact, 
Jordan Love has been wearing a brace. And the last time I had talked to somebody, they said, oh, he's fine. He's okay. There was actually a semi-significant injury that occurred last year during a certain game that required him required Jordan to have surgery during the offseason. And we'll, you'll hear from Jordan about that. We'll get into that later in the hour. Uh, but David Woodward... Yeah, it was never revealed. Yeah, never <laughs> revealed, never talked about. And, and, and by the way, you can't find it anywhere on like social media either. I mean, no one's saying a word about it. Uh, he is okay. He says he's 100%. He'll be ready to go for Wake Forest, which is good news. On the other hand, nobody saw David Woodward. And uh, there's, I'm not going to get into speculation because it's just rumors, and I want to, I don't want to go here and try to report a rumor because that's not good to do. But no, David Woodward. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, this is, I mean, he wasn't available for the Saturday scrimmage. I don't think he was available for the Friday scrimmage, but he has been available for a while, Eric. Yeah, I was at a practice a little while ago. Uh, didn't see him. And I asked around, and they said, oh, I'm sure he's there. And I was like, ah, I just, I didn't see him. Um, and then I thought nothing of it, but then I saw another practice, and I wasn't sure if I saw him then. So, yeah, we don't really know what's going on there. Um, and uh, if that's precautionary, I, I do know some of the things that, that I was able to see. There were starters that were being held out just for rest or to prevent injury and so it very well could have been that it just the time I was there was when the, the, those senior first teamers just weren't going very easily could have been that's what the situation was but if it wasn't then uh, yeah I don't know how concerned we need to be I mean the coaching staff seems to be like look it's going to be fine but again <laughs> is this Gary Anderson being very coy and just playing everything very close to the vest uh, until the season gets going, or is it really nothing there? And, and, That's we just don't know. Again, I mean, you're not gonna release, and, and you don't want to put injuries. I mean, or someone suffering just minor bruises and bumps. Bumps. You don't want to put them into the, you know, I guess into the what group of wolf pack or whatever, or into the dogs. It's just there's no sense in doing it when you got a season opener coming up in in about two weeks. Uh, especially on the road against a good Wake Forest team, who, by the way, has announced their starting cornerback as Jamie Newman. Uh, Jamie Newman last year had two game-winning drives, both under two minutes. Uh, he ended the season with 1,083 yards, nine touchdowns, four interceptions in six appearances, uh, the bulk of that production coming in the final month. Uh, Eric, it'll be interesting getting to know who Wake Forest is and their offensive identity. They do have some returning guys. But they had a quarterback situation after Sean Hartman uh, got injured. And so they had to put in a new quarterback. And in the six games, you know, this, this Newman kid comes in and does pretty darn well. In fact, they were actually not bowl eligible before he came in. When he was done, or when the season was done, he had led them to a bowl eligible season. So Wake Forest has got something cooking here as they get ready for August 30th. Yeah, I'm a little surprised it's taken them this long to announce that and make that official. Um, but, you know, whatever. I mean, it, it's they, they made it official. He's going to be the guy. He's got some momentum behind him from what he did last year. Um, but it's nice. I mean, USU's got some game film they can study on this guy. Now they know for sure what it's going to look like, who the, their opponent's going to look like. Um, so... 
but, but they're I'm sure they're going to be a little bit excited to have him there and he helped get them to a bowl game so that's, uh, that's a little extra motivation and momentum on their part I think alright let's get into some regional 11 football by the way I never did get to hear your best five for your top five high school players in Cass Valley what was your list Oh man! Now you're asking me to do it off memory. Um, I think number five, it was. Um, I did tweet it out. You oh, should have yeah. seen it. Um, well, sorry, I no, was, but I I was think driving it was, for three hours. I apologize. For <laughs> you were, you were trying tweet. to go to a football game. Yeah. Um, no, it was. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I had Ryan Zimmerman number five, uh, Bryce Mortensen number four, Alex Caressa number three. DJ Nelson, number two, and then Riley Nelson, number one. And then I had Ryan Zimmerman, number one. Yeah, and I, I caught a, a lot of grief about not including Luke Falk or Jake Caressa. Um, but uh, I explained why those guys were on my honorable mentions. But that, that was my five best. Uh, I, okay, so Luke Falk doesn't make this list because he only played for one year, really. Uh, you know, and, and, Yeah, that was my reason. Yeah. Um, and then I, I look at it. Bryce Mortensen uh, is okay, but Jake Cressa was the most highly recruited player coming out of Cache Valley in football. Jake Caressa was, I mean, being, I mean, called by Stanford, by USC, by Notre Dame. The list goes on and on. That's why I had Jake Cressa on my list. Alex Caressa broke both Riley's and DJ's record, or no, Riley Nilton's and Ryan Zimmerman's records. Uh, interesting. Why do you have DJ on here? Um, I had DJ on there because uh, he won a state championship. Alex did not. Uh, that That's ultimately why I selected him over Alex. Um uh, just uh, uh, DJ was a gamer. Uh, I thought that he helped make a lot of things happen on a team that didn't have a lot of a lot of stars around him. Um, and so that that's why I moved DJ just a little bit ahead. That was really really close. I had a hard time debating which would go two, which would go three. There was no question in my mind that Riley Nelson was number one. Why was Riley Nelson number one for you? Well. Just all the things that he did and over his career at Logan High, all the records that he broke, Gatorade, you know, All-American, whatever, uh, Player of the Year for the state of Utah, Mr. Football for uh, the Tribune and the Des News. Um, he was a 4A stud, um, and when he he wasn't when a he was a, this stud, his entire though. career at Logan High. Look, well, at 3A, okay, yeah, it was a 3A, 3A stud. And, and, but and he was a he was a gamer, and he made things happen. But you talk about and he won championships. You talk about state championships matter. Ryan Zimmerman won a state championship, participated in the second semifinal game, broke 13 state records, 13. 13, and yet you have Bryce Morrison, Alex Chris, and DJ Nielsen ahead of him? Yes. Yes, I did. That was my list. <laughs> you have no look. <laughs> look. Hey, look, look. I, I get to grill you now. This is fun. I finally get to grill you on this. I've been... Oh, yeah. Well, no, so look, here's... I know, because you got a lot of the grief for me the other day. 
but here's the thing. I, I know we're, and one of the things, the other criticisms that I've got, and I think it came to both of us, is that we were very quarterback heavy and offense heavy with our list. And like, hey, we're gonna, you guys are going to give some love to the defensive guys. And I get that. I, I don't mean to diminish the defensive players that have had impact at the schools in Cache Valley, but just the the rich history and the records that were set and then broken by so many quarterbacks, um, it, it just you can't overlook that. So I get it that there were some great defensive players, some great two-way players, but they did not set multiple state records. They were not named Mr. Football, uh, and so it was. I, I had to go with some of these offensive guys because they were so good, so good. Well, and, and I and agree. So I, 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 I just would. So that kind of just in general, and I'm, I'm not getting specifically to your question, but to defend my overall list, big part of why it, it came down the way that it was. Just so many records were set by these guys, uh, by these offensive guys, and they were so dynamic and so important to their teams. I, I couldn't not put them in my top five. And, and I, I'm with you. I'm thinking, unless I saw a defensive player stand out the way that Ryan Zimmerman, Riley Nielsen, Alex Caressa, Jay Caressa, uh, and Ryan Bohm's another one you left off, which was really stunning to me. Uh, that I mean, the guys like your, our sister station, you know, he's one of your BFFLs, and you left him off, man. He's he's not going to be happy when he sees you come <laughs> fall college football season when this thing gets underway, Eric. I uh, know he's probably going to tackle me and put me in a headlock or something. <laughs> I got to But look, I, you know, one thing that I was thinking of, <laughs> yeah, what would be funny to do, or funny, but fun, would be to put together a list of the best two-way or multi-sport athletes coming out of Cache Valley. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, speaking because of Because that could be really interesting. Because there's been, because look at Ryan Zimmerman, great baseball player, in addition to what he did on the football field. And Ryan Baum took his basketball team to a state championship or deep into the playoffs. And, and so there's a, several of those guys that were, were great in one sport and then also great in another. And I think that, that would be perhaps even more challenging than just focus, slimming it down to the five best football players. No, no, I'm with you. In fact, there is had a ton of people at the Utah State football scrimmage come up to me and say, are you going to make a basketball list? And I said, absolutely, we will. Come basketball season, Eric and I will pull out our basketball list. And we thought this was tough. Our basketball list, basketball list if it goes back to 2000, consists of guys like Nate Harris, Mason Falsliff, Jalen Moore, uh, give me another great basketball player in the 2000s. Uh, Brenchley. Brenchley, yeah. yeah Jackson Brenchley, Brenchley kid is Jackson on a Brenchley. mission right now. Yep, and he's actually uh, returned, and he's actually working out with the Utah Utes. Uh, you've got, uh, I mean, the, the list goes on, and, and, and there's a ton of kids who are very qualified to make that list, but come basketball season, we'll give you our best five since 2000, and then come baseball season, Eric, I think we need to do best nine a special edition and you and you don't know a whole lot about the high school baseball maybe you do maybe you don't uh but i've had people ask me if we're doing for baseball too so that it, it got a lot of grief and it should it got a lot of argument and it should but i think overall the reaction from the valley proves one thing and that's that cash valley is passionate about region 
11 slash region 12 slash Cache Valley Sports, high school-wise. Yeah, the whole purpose behind Friday Five Best is to do just what we just saw. Is to, we'll throw out our opinions and we want to, we're not just creating like weird people on these lists just to have you yell back at us like you guys are idiots how could you put that guy on there but to stimulate that debate in that conversation and uh, so it's fun we're going to be keeping keeping it going uh, it's been fun while we've been doing it the last month or so but uh, yeah watch for that every Friday we'll be doing our Friday five best uh, and it'll, it'll change we've talked about bowl games we've talked about uh, most important games on the schedule uh, five best high school football players so yeah it'll definitely keep going and, and when we get into the other sports seasons we'll definitely include them as well all right i got two quick questions for you for two, two different topics and then i'll let you go uh eric first of all for region 11 week one high school football give me your biggest surprise and your biggest disappointment uh, biggest surprise was ridgeline um what a shootout what an offensive performance and then to save the game and to win the game on a defensive play um I mean, Coach Van Leeuwen has got those guys excited and playing well. And Pineview is supposed to be one of the great teams in the state at this classification. So really big-time win for Ridgeline. Don't know if it classifies and justifies storming the field, but uh, which I guess happened. But uh, nonetheless, you know, big game, big win. Um, and so I think that was my biggest surprise. I think my biggest letdown was what happened to the Mustangs. Uh, I think I was expecting a little bit more out of them, especially offensively. And listening to parts of your call, it uh, sounded like they struggled offensively, which I was a little surprised and disappointed in. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. You know, whatever Travis Van Leeuwen touches turns into gold, right? I mean, he goes to Logan, they go 9-2. and two. He goes to Ridgeline, new team, and then puts up 58 points on Pineview. Uh you know, and I gotta be honest. I, I was talking to a couple people about, uh, you know, Green Canyon. They went 28-7, but things aren't all rosy over there. They're they're still not quite sure defensively what they're doing. Uh, Twill is not a good football team from what I've been from what I've been told by many, especially in the Utah County area. And so uh, I don't know. I mean, you are one and zero, and that's the most important thing. But the schedule gets tougher for teams like Green Canyon, Bear River, especially Mountain Crest. Uh, and again, you got to win the preseason games if you want even a chance to avoid a uh, first round. Yeah, there's matchup. no reset. Yeah, there, and there's there's no reset in the schedule. Um, so what you do now matters um, with the RPI. Uh, I, I do want to. Green Canyon was a close second to me in 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 surprise in a good way because I was really interested to see what that that undersized, frankly, defensive line, how they were going to perform. And I had heard that Tooele had a big, beefy offensive line and I thought they were going to get pushed around. They held their own and did quite well. So um, I was that was a good good surprise for me. But right. ultimately, the the Ridgeline game was the, be- the biggest. Alright, let's go ahead and move to Team USA Basketball. Uh, this team goes, uh, beat Spain by nine in Anaheim. Uh, I had said before the show, I believe on Thursday, that if Spain lost by more than 20, I'd be shocked. Well, they only lost by nine. Uh, in fact, they were they were just, I mean, they weren't threatening, but they were just hanging around there for more the majority of the second half. Uh, after the game, De'Aaron Fox, who had only played for six minutes, cuts, breaks, and 
leaves the team. Leaving this team down to 13 people going to Australia, which means you only have to cut one. Your thoughts on that? I was surprised to hear that he just voluntarily cut loose because uh, there are a lot of reports about how well he was doing and that guys were having a hard time staying in front of him and that he was uh, developing a nice shot and was going to be a nice contributor for the team. So I was really surprised that he he cut bait um, and, and didn't stick with them. Maybe he saw the writing on the wall and decided to save face and say, I'm going to leave before I get cut. Um, I don't want to be known as a guy that got cut. Uh, but uh, So I don't know. I, that, that did surprise me a little bit. I wouldn't have thought that he would have been cut from the roster. So I guess it, it just leaves uh, the co- that coaching staff to decide which one guy doesn't stick around. They traveled everybody to Australia. They're there this week. But only one guy that's on that roster now won't eventually you know, compete with them in the FIBA World Cup. But whatever. I mean, it's an exhibition game Friday. Not like the, those two teams are really going crazy uh, and competing at their hardest. They're still trying to figure out their own selves rotation-wise and minutes and distribution and systems. But I think it's a good indication that this team uh, can come together and can play and could be kind of fun to watch. Yeah, it's and that's the thing. If they can come together, they can gel together. Uh, Kemba Walker and Donovan Mitchell led the team in points and assists uh, on Friday night's win over Spain. But I, I just feel like, in depth-wise, this team's in serious trouble, Eric. Do you agree? Uh, it depends on the position. Uh, I think in guard play, they're fine. I actually think they'll be just fine. But when it comes to big men, if you come up with a, up against a team that's got some good size and good experience, um, that that could be a problem. That makes sense. All right, Eric. Well, thanks for your time. Drive safely. I don't know where the heck you are at, but drive safely, and uh, we will hopefully talk to you. I'm tomorrow. in the middle of nowhere in Idaho. <laughs> are you hanging out with your brother though? Yeah, I'll be there. Are you hanging out with Ryan? Uh. Yeah, yep. yeah. He's, right. he's actually doing the driving while all I sit right. here well, and do the talking. Well, well, well. Give Ryan the phone. Let's have Ryan jump on. You drive and he just. Yeah, let's do it right now. Let's. Uh... <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. All right, Eric. Thank yeah, you so much. Yeah, don't do that. I'm not gonna do that. I miss you, and I can't wait to see you again. Uh, back in the studio. Yeah, well, what did you bring me for? Okay, who cares? All right, I'm Audrey Salveson. That's Eric Franson. Uh, (laughs) All right, Uh, when we come back, we'll we'll get into more Region 11 football. Uh, We'll also get into our Team USA stuff. Again, they get a nine-point win over Spain. We'll talk about what impresses me most, what I'm a little bit surprised by, uh, and some of the guys that have stood out to me, and what this team can do with the 12 players, or at least the 13 players they got, going to Australia. and, and how much that actually affects them. Uh, really quickly, uh, we have our CV Pick'em. You remember our Cash Valley High School football picks every single Friday. You can enter those picks in by 5 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time and have a chance to win a prize. This week's winner, or this past week's winner, uh, Taylor Palmer, who had the most points after week one in our prep uh, Pick'em contest, presented by Locker42. Palmer, also known as Sasquatch Haggy? Sasquatch Haggy. Wonderful. That's, that's awesome. 
went six and one and had the highest point total of anyone. Because of that, Palmer wins a gift certificate to Locker 42, the perfect place for Aggie license gear. Uh, because Taylor won this week's contest, he also is automatically entered in to win the grand prize at the conclusion of our contest, a 65-inch 4K TV from Lens Audio and Video. And if you are and if you participated in this contest but didn't win this week, don't worry. It already sets with the new schedule of games next week, or at least this upcoming week. Uh, invite your friends and have fun guessing which high school teams will win this week. There is a link on our station website, 1069 The Fan. Also, you can log on to cvpickem.com and other Cash Valley Daily-related uh, websites. Uh, and as FYI for this upcoming week, uh, this week's prize is a $200 worth of oil changes at Cash Valley Auto Care. $200 worth of oil changes at Cash Valley Auto Care. And again, the grand prize for this uh, at the end, for the drawing after the whole season's over with, 65-inch, 4K, beautifully pristine TV. Brought to you from Lens Audio and Video. Again, you can find the... Uh, uh, you, you can log on and register in to participate in the High School Pick'em Contest on cvpick'em.com or on 1069thefan.com or cashvalleydaily.com. All right, coming back, we'll get you some Team USA news. We also have other bits of news coming from Utah State Aggie Football. We'll get you uh, all that news and more. That's all coming up here on the Full Court Press. I'm Aljay Salveson on 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The new home for the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hi everybody, RJ Salves, and welcome back to another edition of the Full Court Press. Another week as well. We uh, had Eric on the phone for a little bit. We chatted about uh, his favorite chocolate bar, why he's in love with Logan so much, or at least our high school football players, and... <laughs> And who won pick six, which, by the way, we still don't know who won pick six because I didn't even look it up because I didn't want to in case I lost. I really didn't want to look it up, and I'm not I'm not lying to you. It gets kind of annoying after you lose for six weeks in a row. You're just like, you know what? Forget it. Who cares? Like, you know, when you see uh, teams tanking games, that I, I, I'm doing that. I'm tanking pick six. I'm trying to lose. How's that? How's that for dropping a bombshell? All right, let's get into some Aggie sports news. We got a bunch of it, so uh, bear with us here. Uh, let's start off with Utah State Volleyball. They're going to be hosting their blue and white scrimmage on Tuesday, uh, August 20th, on the Kirby Court at the Wayne Estes, at Wayne Estes Center at 7 p.m. The event is free and open to the public. Uh, Utah State students arriving to the match will be treated to free pizza while supplies last, and all fans will be able to mingle with the volleyball team in a post-match autograph session. Uh, for the Yaggies, they returned four starters and seven total letter winners to the court this season. Uh, they did finish 5-24 and overall last year, including 3-15 in Mountain West play. They looked to replace some of their key players uh, on the rotation. In fact, they graduated three seniors from last year's squad. Uh, however, the Yaggies returned their top blocker in sophomore Kareen Larson. Uh, she averaged about 1.18 uh, blocks per set. Uh, joining her is returning starter junior outside hitter Bailey Downing. And Gabby Shumway, who's led the team with 2.56 and 2.50 kills per set, uh, respectively, both of them last season. So, again, blue and white scrimmage tomorrow night, 7 p.m., be there, be square. Uh, Jordan Love, up for more awards. What else is new? Uh, he's been named to the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award watch list. 
And it was announced Monday by the uh, Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award, along with presenting a sponsor. Uh, let's see, it would be A.O. Smith Corporation. Uh, in all, Love is just one of 49 players to be named to this list. Now, the award is presented annually to the top senior or fourth-year junior quarterback set to graduate with their class by the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Educational Foundation. Uh, the six foot four, two hundred twenty pounder, again he's from Bakersfield, California, uh, has earned second team all Mountain West all honors from last year. He set five school records with thirty two touchdowns, three thousand five hundred sixty seven passing yards, and seven three hundred passing yard games. By the way, a ton of those were by the end of the third quarter. That's what's the most impressive thing. So uh, he's been named to the Johnny Unitas Golden Worm. Golden Arm Award watch list, say that 10 times. He's also been named to the Manning Award watch list. Now, in this regard, this award is presented annually to a top senior or fourth-year junior quarterback set with their class by the uh, Manning. Actually, you know what? Time out. I looked at this wrong. I'm sorry. For You know what? We're going to edit on the fly here. This is the same release, but they named the wrong watch award. All right. So, anyways, the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Arm Award watch list Jordan Love has been named to. Congratulations, Jordan Love. Uh, a lot of award watch lists for a lot of these players, including DJ, DJ Williams, Savon Scarver, David Wilbur, Tipanali, and of course, as we've already mentioned, Jordan Love. Now, in regards of US2 softball, they've announced their exhibition dates. For those who are interested, uh, as coach, the head softball coach Steve Johnson has announced that their fall schedule. Uh, will include hosting Snow College on Saturday, September 21st, and the doubleheader that begins at 1 p.m. Uh, in October, they'll play uh, a doubleheader against Sully Community College on Saturday, October 5th, with play starting at noon. They'll then head south to play both Utah Valley and BYU in a pair of games on BYU's field on Saturday, October 12th, and the Aggies will take on the Wolverines at 11.30 a.m., the Cougars at 1.30 p.m. Then they'll return to host the USU Eastern in a Doubleheader on Friday, October 18th, and that's a 2.30 first pitch. Uh, along with the five exhibition dates, Utah State will also play two intra-squad intra games during the fall. Uh, Seattle alumni game will be held in conjunction with USU Homecoming on Saturday, September 28th. Uh, the time of the game will be announced at a later time once the uh, football kickoff time is set. So they're actually waiting for the homecoming game uh, to be announced, and then they'll go and uh, adjust their time to that. Uh, the fall schedule also will close with the Aggies' traditional Halloween game set for Saturday, October 26th at noon. The team and the coaching uh, staff will be dressed in costumes, and fans are also encouraged to participate. So there is your softball news. And again, we want to congratulate uh, in regards of our Cash Valley Pick'em in Week 1, Taylor Palmer, who went 6-1. He has won a uh, Locker 42 gift card for $100 worth. Now remember, the grand prize... 65-inch 4K TV presented to you by Lynn's Audio and Video. Now, this week's prize, $200 worth of oil changes at Cash Valley Auto Care. $200! You can re you can enter into this contest every single week. It resets with the new set of games. Uh, with uh, you Go to cvpickham.com, go to cashvalleydaily.com, or to our site, 1069thefan.com. <sighs> all right, I think we got it all. I am pretty sure... We got it all. Yes, we do. Okay, coming up next hour, by the way, just want to make sure I, I, I tease this right. Uh, John Rothstein, we, who had a Coach Craig Smith on his podcast, uh, we are going to listen into that. And he says some interesting things. He talks about Namish Keta's injury. There is this rumor going around that Namish Keta is out for the year. 
Coach Smith has not announced anything of such, nor has his staff, nor has USU Athletics or their marketing. Nobody's announced anything. You have not heard anything from Kyle Cottom, the PR uh, guy for USU basketball, or anybody else. So this whole rumor of that Namish Ked is out for the year, it's torn, it's whatever, stop it. It's not true. Craig Smith will sort of clear it up for you. Um, coming up in the next hour with John Rostad on a podcast that we'll get into uh, in uh, in that regard. We'll also uh, talk a little bit more about uh, the FIBA USA men's basketball thing. Uh, they had their exhibition versus Spain. They won by nine, but they also lost a player after the game because he decided to drop out, and it's a big one, and it really hurts their depth. So we'll get into that in the next hour as well. Um, we'll also get into more of the national talk in regards of the NFL. Preseason football is in getting ready for another week. We're going to talk about our winners and losers so far. Uh, a lot of cuts have been made. Are there any surprising ones? We'll get into all that. But first, let's uh, let's start here. Uh, with the high school football. So, in last week's games, I got to pull up this, sorry, I got to pull up this tweet. Because I just, doggone I had it. There we go. All right, scores from Region 11 went like this. Bear River over Juan Diego, 27-14. Salem Hills over Mountain Crest in a drubbing of 34-7. Speaking of drubbings, Provo, 46. Logan, 7. Ridgeline, 58-56 winners over Pineview. And Green Canyon, winners over Tooele, 28-7. Finally, Skyview, 27. Stansbury, 20. By the way, we will have your bread and butter play the game. Okay, so your bread and brother, bread and butter, Butter, play of the game from the Skyview uh, win over Stansbury 27-20. There is a specific play that um, the play-by-play announcer, John Newbold, my man, uh, announced as the bread and butter player of the game. We'll uh, announce that contest later next hour, and you'll have a chance to be able to call in and win a prize. Pretty easy stuff, right? So we'll get into that more as we uh, enter into the second hour uh, at 5 o'clock, um, and I'll kind of give you a warning of when that's coming on. You can call in anytime, even with your thoughts at 435-752-1069. You can argue with me, agree with me, chat with me, whatever you want to do. Uh, but again, Bear River over Juan Diego, 27-14. Salem Hills over Mount Crest, 34-7. Ridgeline over Pineview, 58-56. Provo beats Logan, 46-7. Sky over Stansbury, 27-20. And Green Canyon, 28-7 winners over Twilla. Now, let's let's start here at the Bear River Juan Diego game. Juan Diego has lost some talent. Bear River has retained some of its talent, including Renz Fonsbeck as quarterback. And then you have uh, uh, some talented wide receivers. In fact, Josh Payne's one of those. A kid who's able to go up and get a ball. I, I wasn't at the game, but I talked to a couple people, and they said that there was twice where a, a throw was just a little bit underneath Josh. Josh twice went up and made a great grab. In fact, one of them was... One of them was between a safety and a defender, and he still hauled in for a touchdown. Josh had two touchdowns on the night. Bever beats Juan Diego 27-14. I don't think they're out of the woods yet. They still need to find a way to be able to uh, protect the quarterback. I think there's been issues with that. Uh, and then on the other side, uh, containing the passing game. Speaking of containing the passing game, Ridgeline, 
58, 56 winners over Pineview. Ridgeline, Travis Van Loon is an offensive guru, and what he's got going on is absolutely sexy in regards to the offense. The defense is a problem. When you give up 56 points to Pineview, whether they're a good offense or not, that is troubling and very concerning. You expect that Ridgeline should be able to get it together come uh, this upcoming week. Logan, third coach, three years, new quarterback with Ethan Wilson there. You lose Johnny Parkinson. You kind of expected this. It's still tough to swallow. 46-7 losers to Provo. Uh, I don't think that spells out who Logan is, though. I still think Logan High School is a very good football team. That they're a competitive team. And that just because this is game one doesn't mean you lose the state championship if you're 0-1. I gave that same exact speech about Salem Hills over MC 34-7. MC got dropped. This is the game that AJ Knight and I called. By the way, AJ Knight was so good on the radio. It was such a blast to be able to work with him. Uh, well, MC's defense had a lot of returning talent, but it didn't show. Salem Hills offensively did whatever they wanted to whenever they wanted to do it. That is a major problem. Uh, especially with a defense that's supposed to be, uh, I mean, re- experienced, returning, coming back. Uh, th- this shouldn't be an issue, but it was. Offensively, Tatum Burbank had no time to throw at all. In fact, when they'd go empty set, five widespread, Salem Hills would stack the box. I mean, stack it and then send the kitchen sink. And yet no adjustments were made to send a running back or somebody else to come help block. None. And in that case, I mean, you put Tatum like a deer in front of headlights. It's just a tough thing to have to do as a quarterback when you're not being given any time. The running game was at times, they had bright spots, there was... I know there's a lot of times where they'll find a few yards of carry, but but for the most part, when you can't develop a consistent running game like Salem Hills did, averaging six and a half yards of carry, Salem Hills did, you can't develop a passing game. In fact, there was times where they threw a play-action fake, Mountain Crest would, and, and, and Salem wouldn't fall for it because they knew the running game wasn't there in the first place. Mountain Crest needs to develop a running game to have any chance, any chance at all. Green Canyon over uh, winners over Twilla, 28-7. How good is Twilla? We really don't know. But Green Canyon comes alive. Carter White with the pick. I uh, remember they lost Jake Digert because he quit. Um, so they had a new running back come in. He had to take the reins. Uh, it, was, it was a different animal for him. Uh, but it sounds like they handled it well. Again, 28-7 winners over the Twilla Buffaloes. Skyview, 27 winners over Stansbury. What an impressive win for Skyview, by the way. Uh, in fact, it was an 11-yard uh, pass from Trey Nyman to Mason Faltzliff was just under 90 seconds left in the game, which ended up being the difference. Uh, Skyview comes away, and they are 1-0. Faltzliff also threw for touchdowns. So not only did he catch one, but he uh, threw for two, which accounts for 21 points. Well, yeah, I guess he missed a PAT, so maybe not. Uh, but you're looking at, I mean, it's 20-21 it's, it's points from your quarterback. Mason Faltzliff is the best player in this region. For football. But if you can stop Mason Falsov on Skyview, you can stop Skyview as a whole. If you can stop Mason Falsov, you can stop Skyview as a whole, which honestly is easier said than done. I, I, I completely understand that. Uh, all right, let, let's, uh, let's get into this week's schedule. By the way, again, just a reminder, you can find 
if you want to be a part of the Cash Valley Pick'em Contest for high school football games, go to 1069thefan.com, go to cashvalleydaily.com, go to cvpick'em.com. There you can register and enter to win. Uh, the, gi- the giveaway this week is $200 worth of oil changes from Cash Valley Auto Care. The grand prize, 65-inch 4K TV from Lynn's Audio and Video. That is delicious. Okay, games coming up this week in Region 11 and a couple others that stand out. Uh, Bear River Box Hiller continue the rivalry. It's the longest played rivalry in the whole entire state of Utah. Non-interrupted. Bear River at Box Hiller at 7 o'clock. Should be an absolute dandy of a game. I can't wait for that one. Mountain Crest is at Wasatch. Uh, Mountain Crest will... Uh, have a chance to regain their footing. Or, sorry, they're not at Wasatch. Forgive me, I lied to you. They host Wasatch. In fact, Mount Crest Mustangs host the next four games at home. So they won't see the road until October... No, excuse me, September 16th. And then by then, you have about three weeks of football left, and then you're done. They do finish on the uh, the season with the final three games on the road, including Bear River and uh, UE game at Bountiful. Skyview is at Skyridge. Uh, that should uh, be a Danny Stansberry, speaking of which, who Stansberry just fell short to Skyview last week. They now go to Logan to uh, face the uh, Logan Grizzlies. And then Ridgeline will be at Cypress. So, can I... Okay, I'm going to play the nostalgia game really quickly. So, I remember Cypress... And, you know, we're talking about the best five high school football players ever. Ryan Zimmerman's my number one, and I'm not just saying that because I saw Ryan Zimmerman for two years. Ryan beat, in back-to-back weeks, beat Lone Peak and Cypress. Lone Peak and Cypress. Both two teams were ranked in the top three in the 4A at the time. Then the following year, they go back to Cypress again. Cypress is 10-1 and at this time. And then Ryan goes in there and they shellack him 47-16 to in freezing weather. Cypress used to be so good at football. And they used to be really good at baseball, by the way, too. So that's your schedule for this week. I don't think I've... Have I missed anyone, everybody? We've got Ridgeline, right? Ridgeline's at Cypress. Mountain Crest host Wasatch. Stansbury's at Logan. Bear River is at Box Elder. Oh, Green Canyon. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. Green Canyon's at Bonneville. Bonneville's a really strong... By the way, back in the day, Bonneville used to be really good as well. <laughs> Times have changed. All right, that's your reaching high school fill-up. Again, we'll have a prize giveaway next week. Or not next week, next hour. Uh, and it'll be your bread and butter play of the game from Skyview football game of last week. Uh, there you can win a prize. We'll tell you what the prize is and how you can win. We'll get into all that there during the 5 o'clock hour. Also, as well, you'll get into some Craig Smith audio and much, much more. All right, coming back, we have to take a short break. Coming back, we'll uh, get you ready for the second hour. We'll break down a couple of the news bits going on around the country and more. I'm Ajay Salas, and you're listening to the Full Court Press on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. incredible things, magic, madness, heaven, sin, saw you there. I'll just Allison here on the Full Court Press 1069 FM 1390 AM. The fan, we got to be really quick. I got another break to throw in. Uh, we'll uh, break it down for you uh, more in regards to the next hour. We'll get you there uh, and tease that just a little bit. And by the way, this whole Antonio Brown situation in regards of his helmet and him not playing and him just skipping out on football and then the Raiders 
is an absolute joke. And it is a reason why professional football is becoming a bottom sport compared to the NCAA college football where kids play because they love it. It's an absolute shame what the NFL is becoming uh, recently. And, and what I mean, just the, the egos involved as well. All right, coming back, we'll tease the uh, fifth hour for you and get you ready for the 5 o'clock hour. It's all coming up on the Full Court Press. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hour number one, just about to be in the books. 4.54 your time. I'm RJ Salveson on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Uh, kind of a wacky first hour. We apologize for that. Uh, trying to get all the info in, and uh, obviously we weren't able to. Again, Jordan uh, Love has been named to the John United's Golden Arm Award watch list. It's another one to add on for the kid uh, who has a lot of expectation on him. We're going to get into more of the Utah State spring scrimmage, and, or excuse me, Ball camp scrimmage of what I saw. Now they have close practices the rest of the way through uh, until they get ready for the Wake Forest Demon Deacons on August 30th, 6 p.m. Mountain time. Jamie Newman for the Wake Forest Demon Deacons has been named your starting quarterback. Uh, he had in his six appearances two game-winning drives, both under two minutes. He also threw uh, four interceptions in his six appearances, uh, but they like his leadership, his accountability, uh, and I think he's one of the more experienced ones, so I think that's why he he got the gig. We'll get into your in the know starting next week. Yeah, we're in. The, yeah, we're there in the know. Uh, I believe next Thursday. We'll break it down for you. Everything that's coming up uh, in regards of the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, what to look out for. Uh, we'll also have someone where it's a beat writer, the play-by-play guy. We'll have a we'll have a chance to chat with him for you guys to hear that, and he'll give us his take on what he's seen from Wake Forest. That will be every single week. You'll get your in-the-know on the opponent. And we'll give you the best coverage possible on the Utah State Aggie football team as their 2019 season is just one week away. By the way, college football starts this Saturday, and I cannot wait. Uh, I need to look up who is actually playing. I just know it starts this Saturday. i got to look up who's playing. All right, coming up next hour, you got your Team USA stuff. You got uh, Coach Smith again uh, with John Rostein, part of the podcast. We'll get you that and more. That's all coming up on the, po- uh, on the podcast on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. We all know that certain teams drive the popularity of different sports. The Dallas Cowboys are that team in the NFL. You could argue the Lakers are that team in the NBA. Duke in college basketball, maybe Notre Dame, Alabama in football. But the original super team, the New York Yankees. They've always held a special place in baseball and American culture. Baseball executives have to be thrilled about their success this season. It's been 10 years since they've been to the World Series, but they have a great chance this year. They're a likable team. They have a huge payroll, but they didn't get here by outspending everyone. They have great young talent. They play baseball the right way. But now the issue in baseball today is the playoffs are a minefield. Having a dominant regular season doesn't mean much. And there are some really, really good teams built for the short haul. The Yankee fans have every right to be happy and hope that this year is the year they return to a familiar place, the World Series. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. 